Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. Let's go. Episode 36 of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast coming at you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Hope you are having a beautiful Friday. For this week's episode, I sat down with my good buddy, Evan. Eric could not join us this time, unfortunately. Would have loved to have him on to defend his super, super spicy take of Hendon Hooker over Anthony Richardson with Evan in the house. Because I'm sure Evan would have had a lot to say about it. As I'm sure he will have a lot to say about it, regardless of Eric not being here. As we take you through Evan's top 12 rookies. As we go through it, I'll be reviewing with him what uh, Eric and I's rankings were in the last episode. And see what his thoughts are on it. See how we all sort of stack up against each other with where we have these guys ranked. So very exciting to see what Evan's got. And to see how he feels about what we have. Besides that, have some very, 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 very minor news to get to very briefly (laughs) because it's not super interesting. This is the dead zone, guys. This is the uh, the post draft weeks up until mini camps kind of kick off. It's it's going to be some uh, some filler episodes for sure. So. We'll try to keep it as interesting and entertaining as we can in these sort of dead weeks, but bear with us, guys. We're going to have to come up with a lot of weird, (laughs) random concepts to uh, keep it engaging. So I do know that besides the uh, top 12 rookies from Evan, we've got some traits to discuss, which I always love doing because I feel like it gets more of the RPG community involved talking about trades you guys have made and how we feel about them here on the RPG podcast. But without much else to really blather on about, uh, I won't take too much of your time away from getting to that nice and juicy ad read by yours truly for Spotify for Podcasters, our favorite podcasting tool and service. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate everyone that tunes in every week to listen. It's uh, it's definitely what keeps us going. So thank you, and please enjoy episode 36 of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast.
the freaking hoop for this one. So it's like it doesn't even. I'm just like I'm a freaking mess right now. <laughs> Getting killed out there, man. Dude, it's uh, it's tough. You just gotta do what I do. I I years ago I just glued these to my head, so they just they can't come off. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sure your wife loves that. It makes showers a little difficult. How how that uh, how that work out for uh, you know your wedding pictures and everything? A little goofy. Uh, I, feel like I I did end up. I just wore like a big like ten gallon hat over it, so it covered most of it. Okay, all right, smart, smart, innovative. Yeah, yeah, that's what they call me, an innovator. Oh man, how you doing, Corey? Oh, you know, I'm doing. It's been a it's been a week, but I just I just made a fire in the backyard, so that relieved some stress. That's a fun thing to do. Okay, all right. So was the fire really for you, and you were just blaming Aaron? <laughs> she she did request it but i do like she knows that i like doing it so uh i think that she uh she knew i needed a little bit of outdoor recreation and and fire starting so she she came and grabbed me for that but she's out there with the the pups now just sitting around it super co- comfy and cozy so good for her okay all right yeah good for her yeah what about you man you uh how's that stadium going oh dude it, it, yeah it sucks. <laughs> they 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 originally told us that it was going to be the 25 26 and then when they got approved they said 26 27 and now they're already saying 27 28 season. Dang. Yeah. Well, so it's going to be dragging on for a while apparently. You got job security, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I'm not I'm not too concerned about job security. <laughs> right we uh we, we actually we actually just hired somebody though oh there it's you like, go it's like the first person in like a year that we've hired finally some reinforcements yeah seriously you gotta be getting like uh like once that thing is all built up you gotta be getting like a special vip pass right because you, you're building it with your own two hands yeah i uh i wish i tried to talk to the the titans the other the other day the coordinator that i've been working with and he was just like, yeah, maybe we'll be able to get you in for a tour once it's all done. And I was like, a freaking tour. I better get to play football on the field. Yeah, right. Put me in there. Like they they need a wide receiver too. put me in there. I'll, I'll grab a pass from whether it's Santa Hill or Levis, man. Come on, let's go. I'll grab a pass, immediately get tackled and just <laughs> faint on the field. Worth it, though, if it's a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, even if it's a single reception, it's worth it. <laughs> reception for one yard it's like i don't even care if it's negative yards dude yeah get your stats in there get get that stat on the book how many people can say that they have a reception in the nfl come on yeah buddy all right uh well yeah man so i don't know if you got a chance to listen last week um to that absolutely absurd episode that i had with eric where we gave our top 12 rankings um but it was pretty wild. He had some pretty hot takes, as always. Um, and we'll kind of run through that a little bit as we go. But before that, I mean, there was some very boring news that I guess we could just blast through really quickly. One being, and I'm sure this is one that, that really is near and dear to your heart, Mr. Nick Foles, the champion of Philadelphia, released from the Colts. Woe is Nick Foles. You know, I guess... All I can really say about this is it gives me 
the tiniest sliver of like, ooh, maybe they like they saw that first day out with Richardson and they're like, yep, we do not need Nick Foles anymore. But this was more or less, you know, uh, old Nick Foles not really being needed on the team anymore, I'm sure. But I wanted to give uh, give you a chance to say your your condolences, your goodbye to to Nick Foles. And I guess I'm wondering if you think he's going to have another team after this. You know, from what I heard when he was in Philly, his team very well may be a bunch of youth students because he wants to be a youth pastor. All right. Well, good for him, man. They, they'd they be lucky to have him. I did read uh, some article the other day where it was basically him talking about how he still goes like completely unrecognized a lot of the time. Like he'll tell people that he won a Super Bowl and they're like, oh, like as a backup. Right. And he's like, no. All right. I'll just <laughs> I'll just stop then. But, you know, kudos to him. He he went out there, did what not a lot of people could say they did um, or can do. So kudos to him on a good career, whether or not he plays in the NFL again. But just want to give him a, a moment there of recognition. Yeah, man. But besides that, I guess like the biggest piece of news, even though it's, again, not really fantasy news and kind of non-news with, with lack of like a real real decision on what's going to happen here. But so there there's a tampering investigation now being conducted by by the Colts against the Washington Commanders for trying to convince Andrew Luck to come out of retirement and play for for the Commanders. Uh, so again, I don't know if there's much to talk about here. I don't know if you have any like points you want to make, but something I just wanted to mention because it was news and we are starving for news right now. <laughs> but uh, I mean, do you think that this could be like what what do you see as like a possible punishment here if they do find this to be the case like are we thinking about like a Washington Commanders first round pick being forfeited like a Dolphins thing or do you think anything's going to come out of this no i mean he's a retired player and his camp has already disputed it um okay. why why also why would he talk to the commanders and consider coming back to the commanders if he's going to come back to the NFL i mean it just makes no sense. Indy drafts a quarterback. If Indy drafts a quarterback, that tells me that they have zero hope of Andrew Luck coming back. So I think it's pretty safe to say that he is enjoying retirement. And if you look at his body, his body looks completely different than it did during his playing days. I I, I question whether uh, he could continue to hold up. For sure. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel too. Um, definitely like a weird story to come out. Is kind of interesting with, Dan Snyder apparently, you know, selling the team still, which I I guess hasn't officially happened, even though it was like reported to have been happening uh, in the last couple of weeks. It hasn't like technically actually been sold, uh, but it is kind of like if they did see any punishment for that. And then Dan Snyder was like, all right, later, <laughs> it's kind of like a big <laughs> middle finger on his way out <laughs> if something happens there. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Probably a nothing uh, story, but interesting to see that pop up <laughs> another kind of interesting thing that popped up which i'm sure is nothing but the the panthers going out of their way to go and say hey you know what we're gonna take our time with bryce young even though he was the number one selection in the draft and uh andy dalton's qb1 <laughs> which i got a big laugh out of um because you know week one i am sure that is not going to be the case uh what do you think it has to be like a just Bryce Young, rise to the occasion, kind of call to action thing, do you think? Or like, what? what is this? What is this? Why do they come out and say this? I mean, it's just standard posturing for a rookie quarterback at this point. 
I mean, it's it's pretty common. We've seen it basically every single year. So it just goes without fail. Yep. Got it. Uh, Okay. And then, yeah, just the last thing here, there's the big uh, change up in like scheduling, how scheduling is going to kind of work as of this year with Black Friday game. Uh, So that's that's interesting to keep note of. Uh, but also the fact that teams can now play on Thursday night football uh, twice in a season, which I know a lot of players were not happy about. And the only other scheduling thing here that I had noted was, I don't know if you saw Mama Kelsey come out in her Facebook comments and uh, seemed to indicate that it will be Eagles at Chiefs in week two, which I don't know if that is legit, but she said it on a Facebook comment. So I don't know how that works. Like, how could she possibly have that information? But she said it. So that's really interesting. Uh, but I guess I want to know. Yeah. Do you have any feelings on any of this? The Thursday night football twice thing definitely is like, that's something to watch for sure. Because I know, like I said, a lot of players were unhappy with it. it it's definitely like, if you have to do it twice in a season, it's less time to like rest and stuff. Uh, so that could be impactful but i don't know do you have any thoughts on on any of this stuff yeah not not the biggest fan of the thursday night football ruling um but the rest of it i'm just kind of waiting to see who the titans are going to play at home and when they're going to play them so i can go get tickets to watch them suck yeah (laughs) and we will see that uh on thursday so that that is when the schedule will officially come out and if if it is true that it is eagles at chiefs week two and Mama Kelsey got the the inside info. What, what, what is that? Like, what do we think happened? Like, did did it get leaked to her specifically? Did did one of the Kelsey brothers make a oopsie? <laughs> is there going to be any punishment for that? <laughs> I mean, the Kelsey brothers are the Kelsey brothers. They're like the golden brothers of the NFL. <laughs> so, true. so even yeah. even if they did screw up that let's be real there's probably going to be zero consequences can we now say that mama kelsey is the like like one of the best nfl insiders if she is right about this can we start following I mean, her tweets she's got a couple great sources it's true it's true yeah i mean she should open up that twitter man I, i'd love to get some more uh insider kelsey info but um, I mean, literally, man, that's it. I don't know if you have anything else on your radar, but that's all I could scrape up uh, to talk about news wise. It is definitely the dead zone before uh, training camps kick off and all that stuff. We have some like Ricky minicamp stuff happening. That's cool. But nothing to really report on that isn't just like, whoa, this guy made a cool catch. Like, oh, Josh Downs looks great. It's like, yeah, I mean, we knew he would in Ricky minicamp. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, man, that that's about it. Uh, and I guess the the thing to kind of move into next would be uh, Eric and I gave our top 12 rookie rankings last week, and I can run through those for you if you want, or if you want, you can go through yours. And then as you go, I can tell you where, uh, like what Eric and I's selections were at that spot, if you want to do it that way. Yeah, sure. We can do that. Okay. Uh, let's let's do it that way then. Um, let's let's kick it off, man. Who do you have? I mean, we're obviously um we're implying the the settings that we like to play in. You know, SF, uh, Superflex, PPR, uh, tight end premium. I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, man, kick it to you. Who's your who's your 101 for uh, rookie drafts? Yeah, so I can guarantee that Eric did not have this guy where I have him, uh, and the 101 is Anthony Richardson mainly because. 
I think he legitimately has a chance to get into the top five uh, in quarterbacks in Dynasty. So you look at the top five, and it's it's pretty well set right now. Um, if any quarterback in this class has a chance to do it, it's Anthony Richardson. It's probably going to be one of the scariest 101 picks that you would make because of the fact that if he doesn't hit, he could fail in a miserable way. Um, we saw what he had when he had a bad team around him. I think the Indy landing spot, as I said previously, is one of the honey spot landing landing spots. Um, so that and Detroit were the two that I really wanted to see him go to. And he went to Indy. So for me, he has the potential to completely break fantasy. And even if he's a 55, 60% passer, the fact that he could run for a thousand yards on the ground every single season, it just does enough to, to keep him fantasy relevant. The question then at that point would be, does he stay NFL relevant? Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm with you. Um, I didn't have him as as 101, but uh, had him pretty close, as I, I'm sure we'll get to soon. I'm really glad you haven't listened to last episode because I think it would make you immensely frustrated with where Eric has him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I like it, man. I mean, it makes sense. Like you said, take the big swing. Uh, that's that's what I like to do. Also, you know, you can uh, beat the drum for for uh, Bryce Young or, or CJ Stroud if you want to take a top QB here. But they're going to be at best like a, a middling okay qb2 kind of asset in my opinion um so if it's not Bijan here which was my 101 selection it's still Bijan for me um then yeah i i would agree with you that it's anthony richardson eric and i actually both had Bijan here so that we did agree on that we didn't agree on a lot of other things though coming up soon so i'm sure you will uh you'll see here pretty soon so one thing real quick it was crazy i think underdog put out a tweet recently that in their newest best ball um, format that they're they're doing, which is a redraft, Anthony Richardson's going as a top ten quarterback in re- in redraft. Ooh. Like that that's just how high the hype is on. Oh my, yeah, that is that is high. Okay, yeah, I mean so. we've been doing all of our RPG rookie drafts as of you know last week, and Anthony Richardson rarely escapes the top three. I've been seeing him go one hundred two. Uh, in more drafts than not, I've actually not seen Bijan not go 101 yet. He has been the 101 selection in every single, like all 20 RPG league drafts so far. So that that is interesting. Uh, but I, I like where your head's at for sure. Um, all right. Well, we'll take me to uh, number two then for you. Yeah. Number two is the same as your guys is number one. It's Bijan Robinson. Maybe hot takey here, but do I think he's as good of a prospect as Saquon Barkley coming out? No, I don't think he's as good as Saquon. And I think if we would have done um, one of the suggestions for this pod was what person on PTC is overvalued, I incredibly just full force think it's Bijan. Like Bijan's already being ranked as a top three running back. Like I, he may even be the top running back at this point. It's just, it's insanity to me to see how quickly the entire community is just saying, Oh, okay, let me go with this running back. Let me see what he can do. I really like him. He's got all of this hype on him. So yeah, I just pulled it up. Yeah. He is number one, the top running back asset on KTC and he's the top running back asset by a large 
value swing. We're talking wow. about a six, 1600 point swing oh, uh, between wow. him and him and Brees Hall right now. And that that's just insanity to me that it makes no sense why you would have that be the case. I mean, I mean yeah, just, so... just for, just for reference, we're talking Brees Hall and the one eleven for Bijan is what KTC is ranking it at as a yeah. fair value trade. Okay. <laughs> I would sell Bijan for that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think he is severely overvalued by the community I think I was looking at Sleeper's ADP for their Superflex leagues recently, and he was going like 12.2 ADP, which tells me he's like that first first round, second round turn. Mm-hmm. He's the, the 112, 201. That's wild, man. I, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't get myself to, to take a running back that high. Like I, I was, I was thinking about it the other day and I was just like, what class do I have to go back to to think that the top quarterback that came out of it three years down the road is less valuable than the top running back that came out? Yeah, so. I, that, that is a good question. I have not, I, I would have to really think about that um, to find an answer for you. But, you know, to, to kind of like show the points here, I, I look, he's got great draft capital goes, goes at the 108. Uh, to the Falcons, who that's the part where I'm like, I kind of get on your side a little bit because the Falcons are being clamored as this like really, really fantastic landing spot. And to be fair, like they'll they'll probably run the hell out of him. Uh, they love running the football there. But the one thing that is a little scary is that if they can't get the offense going because they are dealing with the Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke experiment still, then that offense could still be a little lackluster. They might not have the luxury of pounding it with Bijan if they are behind in every single game because they can't put up points through the air. So that that is something to definitely consider. Like I said, he's still my 101 because I think he is that like staple piece of your dynasty team and he could be, you know, a really good running back for your team for for years to come. But something that I heard on a, on a podcast the other day, I think it was like a Roto Underworld podcast, but it was like, Bichon really is like a more of a win now piece. He's a running back. So he's going to have a like less of a lifespan than mo- like pretty much all of these quarterbacks. Uh, so if you're taking it one one you better be sure that you can compete this year or next year, uh, which, you know, a lot of teams that have the one one that's not necessarily the case. So um, there's a little bit of credit there for sure with your argument. For uh, our 102 on the other side, just to paint the picture, I also I had Anthony Richardson, so we just flip flopped there between me and you. Eric had <laughs> Eric had Bryce Young, who he is clamoring for as the best QB in this class. Gets taken 101. Like, all right, like I I understand the thought process. Uh, coaching staff is good over on the Panthers. Give him a couple years. Again, I think he could be a fine middling <laughs> QB asset that won't ever break the top five. Uh, in my opinion. So that's why I don't have him as high as Eric does. Okay, yeah. Why, why don't you go ahead and, and move us on to number three for you? Yeah, so number three is in lost up with Eric's QB1 here, uh, but he's my QB2. So it's going to be Bryce Young. Uh, I think he's an absolute gamer. I think he wins games when the team gets put on his shoulders. I think he elevates those around him. 
So I think that's very important to see uh, out of a young quarterback. You look at him right now, he's valued as quarterback 10. So I think there's some insulation there. Uh, I think there's some insulation being that he's an Alabama quarterback. Do I still have concerns about his size? Yeah, there's still concerns about the size. Um, But when you watch his game tape and you look at the fourth quarter, they put the ball in his hands and he arguably had the worst cast of Alabama wide receivers in what the last six years that he was playing with this year. And he was still able to produce. Yeah. Oh, I mean, again, the, the size was the one concern, right? That, that is the one thing that people were clamoring on, but the NFL looks at him and goes, size ain't a problem. We're going to take you one Oh one. So I think that's kind of the, the clear evidence there um, for him being still, you know, all likely uh, all likelihood is that he is still, on paper, in NFL terms, the best QB in the class. Um, the the big breaker here for me was Anthony Richardson's like rushing floor, essentially, and and his ceiling, uh, which is which is sky high. Like you said, could has the chance to break into that like top five, top six. Bryce Young for me, just I would be really, really, really surprised if he ever does. So that that is kind of the difference for me. Um, but but totally understand the selection there. And, and I've mentioned it before. I still think the Panthers' defense is very good. I think the Panthers have a playoff-caliber defense. And you you look at what they have on the offensive line, it is a middle offensive line, in my opinion. And then you look at their wide receiver core, which everybody was making up to be horrendous. Well, tell me if this sounds that horrendous. Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrence Marshall, Jonathan Mingo. it It doesn't sound like the worst receiving core in the league. Below average, maybe you could you could make the case for that. I'd probably put it squarely average. I think that is where I would have it. I mean, Thielen might not be what he was three years ago, but I think he's still got a little juice. And DJ Chark, new setting, who knows? He looked good on the on the Jaguars back in the day. He's not that old. You bring in Mingo, who you know could be good. You you still have Terrace Marshall, who still has a chance to break out. He's young enough uh, to still be able to to show what they thought he was when I think they drafted him in like the second round uh, just a couple years ago. So yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I'd put him squarely average. The the big breaker for me too, is that, I mean, what you've been saying for, for a month or two now is that coaching staff, which is one of, one of, if not the best in the league, you, you put Bryce young with that team uh, with, with those educators. And I think he's got a really good shot to be successful. Um, so yeah, that, that all definitely makes sense to me. And, and don't forget about Hayden Hurst as well. Like you're going to have Hayden Hurst working over the middle. Yeah. Okay. He didn't pan out for the Ravens. He looked like a half decent tight end with the Bengals. So we'll see again. Can he continue that, that mold of being a guy that's going to be able to work the middle, going to be able to get some receptions, be able to help Bryce out. Yeah, even Miles Sanders is, I would say, you know, average to above average. Like that's kind of where he sits too. So the offense as a whole is like average plus maybe, which if Bryce Young can do what he did at Alabama, that might be all he needs. So I like it. Okay. Um. Well, that was your, so that was your three, right? Yeah. So I, I also have Bryce Young as my three. Um. And Eric had Stroud because he took, Bryce number two. And the reason why, you know, the breaker for me with Stroud is like, I I do think that CJ Stroud might have the worst wide receiver core in the league. 
Like, I think that is one of the big points. And you take that uh, with the big uh, plus that Bryce Young has as well with his coaching staff, like I said. Uh, I mean, D'Amico is cool, but he's like a defensive-minded coach. And what's around him isn't as impressive to me as the Panthers. And so I think that's like the big, and obviously the one spot in the draft class is like, you know, not much, but is something that the Panthers decided to take what they thought was the best guy. And it was Bryce Young. So that's kind of the difference to me. Um, but go ahead and uh, let's, let's shuffle on down to your, to your number four selection here. Yeah. So my number four is CJ Stroud. Uh, once again, I think he has fantastic accuracy. I think he has very good ball placement. I just have major, major questions, especially with Houston trading their first round pick next year. Like, I just, I don't know what is going to be of that offense. Yeah. Houston has a bunch of middling, if that, running backs. Yeah. Damien Pierce slander. Uh huh. It's going to be here. And um, yeah, the wide receivers, I mean, Nico Collins, really? Robert Woods, 80 years old. I don't. Yeah. Like, is Robert Woods your wide receiver one? Like, oh boy. That, that says a lot to me. I'm I'm super rooting for John Mechie, but dude hasn't played football yet. Like I, I hero, like beat leukemia. That is awesome. Dude hasn't played football yet, so who knows? Yeah. So I mean, he's just kind of the last of the top quarterbacks that's there. Yeah. So I mean, I, I feel like you almost have to take him and just expect it to be a rough start. It's probably going to be a rough year. It, next year is probably going to be a rough year. And I mean, CJ seems like a future play. You know, it seems like you're going to go through some growing pains this coming season and the year after. But hopefully, they'll start to get some weapons around him. They'll start to build that offense, and they'll be able to have an offensive identity that builds around CJ. Yeah, no, I, I do feel it. Like at this point, you know, got taken second overall. He's a QB, has a shot. If you could put him on your your super flex spot for a couple weeks and and he could put up serviceable numbers then i think that selection was totally worth it uh especially because his longevity should be good um as a qb taken that highly he should have plenty of chances to uh to be a starter so i mean especially because <laughs> their other choices are uh davis mills and um if they still have jeff driscoll i'm not sure if they do but <laughs> not many other options there um this is where i also i'm locked up with you this is where i had stroud uh, this is where Eric had Jameer Gibbs because he is, um, well, he's not going to take Anthony Richardson for a while. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you the preview there. Um, but, you know, I mean, take take me to your five because I have a feeling we might be talking about Gibbs. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we're we're pretty much in lockstep here, Corey. I mean, I think yeah. our rankings are, are pretty close here for the top half. Yeah. Um, Jameer, Jameer Gibbs, I mean, there's plenty of reports out that they're going to use him in a receiving role a lot more than they have in the past for the backs, which is very positive news. It could also just be smoke at this point. I mean, we get tons of news, especially after the draft, of how people are going to use their players, and it just becomes questionable. So I think that's definitely definitely something to consider. Um, but I like his running style. I like the way that he can catch the ball. I think he has the chance to be a top five running back in the league. Um, And also you already pull up the KTC value on him, which is just insanity. 
Like it, it makes no sense how the community is already vaulting him to be RB five. Oh my god! Like you're, oh, you're telling you're telling me in a league that you can get Kenneth Walker straight up for him. You can get Saquon Barkley straight up for him. Like I just Come on. I have a I have a very hard time thinking that that is actually the case. But apparently there are some crazy Jameer Gibbs stands out there. I've seen him go one of three in a couple leagues that I'm in. So there's people taking him high. That I mean, yeah, taking him over the QBs, that is bold, but I have seen it also. Um, I I do think that, it, you know, like you said, could be smoke, but uh, at least for the first six games, while uh, Jameson Williams is suspended, I think there's a very good possibility that they could be lining up Jameer Gibbs uh, as a receiver because, frankly, they're going to need a little help there, I think. Uh, so, so totally could be possible. His, uh, ability to have those like, you know, home run, like 70 yard touchdown runs or screens is very real. So you, you love that as a, uh, a dynasty fantasy owner. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's great. Uh, clearly should be the second RB because all the other RBs kind of dropped by the wayside. Um, I think the only other argument here is like maybe JSN, but, when you think about like RB scarcity and just the, just the fantasy points in general uh, that, that Gibbs can accumulate uh, as of just the first season out, I think he's just way too attractive to pass up. So um, I'm again, right there with you. Gibbs at five for me. Uh, This is where Eric has JSN. Again, you're going to be waiting on that uh, QB for a little bit uh, (laughs) with Eric, but you know, Jason uh, is a guy, again, that I think we will talk a little bit more about with the next election, I think. So uh, I get the Gibbs at five for sure. Let's take it to, uh, to number six here. Yeah. So, I mean, it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, it was my wide receiver one coming into the the actual NFL draft. So I didn't really love the landing spot, but I do think he's better than the other three wide receivers. So. I think that is the differentiator for me. You look at Tyler Lockett's contract and does something happen there next year? I don't quite know, but I do know he is getting older. Uh, I do know that DK has had his own injury issues in the past. So there is a path to playing time. Um, And I mean, who's going to, who's going to play defense? Like they're going to play the Cardinals twice. Mm-hmm. I mean that, that that's going to be an absolute blowout. Yeah, there should be a lot of points scored. They're going to play the 49ers. It's going to going to be a tough game. So, I mean it kind of balances out right there. They're going to play the Rams twice too and we've already talked about the Rams defense and I and they're gonna I, I think the that Rams, could be yeah. just as bad as the Cardinals possibly. Yeah. Very very possible. Um the biggest question I have is I don't know if Geno Smith can support three wide receivers. So it may be a rough first year for Jackson Smith and Yigba, but I think he is the better dynasty asset moving forward. And we were talking about this, Corey, because we're going to talk about this in a trade later on, but crazy enough, the crazy people over at KTC, you know, that these crazy fantasy community people have Jackson Swift and Jigbo ranked as the 11th best wide receiver right now. That's absurd. He's that coming is... into the season as the wide receiver three 
on his own team. Oh my god, that's such Tyler Lockett disrespect and DK Metcalf disrespect, to be honest. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you, man. The the Geno Smith it probably caps him a little bit. We we don't exactly know because frankly, Geno Smith hasn't had the opportunity to be for one the bona fide starter going into the season yet, but also the bona fide starter going into the season with this wide receiver room, like this pedigree of wide receivers um, might be the best wide receiver trio. I I think not even might, I think it is the best wide receiver trio that I've ever seen the Hawks have um, since I've been following the team. I don't think it's, I don't think it's very close. So that'll be exciting. Uh, I agree with you though, that I'm not sure if he can support all three. And I still think it's DK Tyler Lockett as the, as the one, two until Lockett moves out of town which could happen sooner than later. I, I mean, you know, he's 30. He could he could play another couple of years, but just a, another fun little anecdote that could mean nothing. But he also has, uh, Tyler Lockett has a very successful real estate company uh, that is now the official real estate company of the Seattle Seahawks, which is fun because that hasn't happened before where a, a player's business, an active player's business is the official business of the team. Uh, so that's really fun. But I think it sort of, maybe could indicate that Tyler Lockett could end up uh, moving out of town sooner than later and focusing on that career because he could, and he could still make a lot of money and not have to get hit all the time, which uh, I couldn't blame him for. Uh, So this could be like an heir apparent thing, you know, get a year under Tyler Lockett's tutelage and then take over for him as the wide receiver too, as of next year, I could see it happening. Um, And that case, yeah, man, like you said, Jason, for both of us was, was, clearly the most talented wide receiver in this draft class. Uh, I'm also happy to take him here at number six. Uh, this is where Eric had Quentin Johnston. Cause you know, I guess uh, still not taking that QB and has to take, has to take someone. I understand uh, landing spots pretty sweet, but that's about all I like about Quentin Johnston. <laughs> uh, moving along here. Uh, that was number six. Let's uh, let's have you hit me with your number seven. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems like I'm just, uh, Eric's a pick ahead of me, uh, or I'm a pick behind Eric. I don't know <laughs> what way you want to look at it, um, but it's Quentin Johnson. Uh, looking at him, you know, big wide receiver, has the potential to get on the field year one. You look at the injury history of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. You're playing with Justin Herbert. I mean, you, you can just see the path to relevancy. You can see the path to a little bit of value insulation because he's playing with Herbert. You can see the path because of the fact that you look at Mike Williams next year having a $32.4 million cap hit, and you look at Keenan Allen having a $34.7 million cap hit Mm. next year. So if uh, Mike Williams is cut before June 1st next year, they're going to save $20 million and have a $12 million dead cap. I mean, that that seems like a no-brainer to me. That's a lot of money. I mean, that that's that's a lot of money. And then you talk about Keenan Allen as well. And if they cut Keenan Allen before June 1st, they're going to save $23 million and have an $11.5 million dead cap. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of, lot of money to be saving. And then you look at the fact, I think I texted you guys about this previously, because I was looking at this just, out of curiosity and just stumbled upon it. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen, I think account for almost 50% mm-hmm. 
of of the cap for the Chargers next year. So you have to imagine that that group is not staying together. That is not sustainable, man. Especially with Herbert needing a new contract. Especially, yeah. No, that that is a great point. No, there. Some of these cats got to be on the move. I think that. I mean, writing's on the wall here with the wide receivers, man. They they are constantly getting injured. They are getting up there in age. Like Mike Williams feels like he hasn't even really been in the league for that long. But dude's about to turn like 29, which is just kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, man, I I, I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, I have QJ push a little further down because I've been very clear about I just... I just something about him, man. The the prospect, I, I just don't love it. Um, I agree with you that he could see the field, uh, but I, you're basically, you know, kind of baking on injury for the, at least his first year. Um, there could be cuts next year that could open things up for sure. I, I I I still think there's like a chance that he could just kind of bust, which is just uh, scares me. You know, I don't have him out of my first round. Um, I'm not that crazy, but. He's just he's a little further pushed out for me. Funny enough, at the seven spot is where Eric and I fully agreed and we both had Jordan Addison here in my opinion you know you look at Jordan Addison as the new clear wide receiver two guy uh on the Vikings I know Hawk might be uh TJ Hawkinson might be like the you know target leader behind Justin Jefferson but beyond that I think Jordan Addison comes in and probably eats KJ Osborne's lunch and you know I think that he could come in as like a flex guy uh maybe a wide receiver two guy on some weeks they love slinging the ball there and that whole division is turning into just uh, a wild west of just shootout land so i mean all these indoor stadiums and just firepower offensively and kind of bad defenses all around like i think there could be a lot of targets for jordan addison so i i have him here at the seven uh as does eric but uh i get it man if i if i wasn't digging my heels in so much on my like anti Quentin Johnston take then this I I think I said it on the last episode it should probably be Quentin Johnston here for me but I'm gonna stick to my guns here and have him a little further down yeah okay well that brings us to that brings us to number eight and I will tell you right now as of this for Eric and I as of this selection this is where things get spicy but go ahead and go ahead and let me know what your number eight is yeah, I mean, you guys said seven was Jordan Addison, so I have eight as Jordan Addison. I think the issue for me and why I'm putting QJ over him, one, stability in Herbert. I don't know if Kirk is going to be there long term, so you have stability at the quarterback question. You have a very clear wide receiver, one, that will be there for basically ever in front of him. So you have Justin Jefferson, who's there. You have Hawkinson as the tight end who, like you said, probably gets the second most targets on the team. So you pair both of those things together with the quarterback issue and the quarterback question, and I just feel safer about a landing spot of the Chargers than I do Minnesota. So I still think Addison is an incredibly talented wide receiver. I think he very quickly becomes the wide receiver too on this team. I think he should be able to eat defenses because of his ability and because of the fact that Hawkinson's going to hold the linebackers over the middle. Jefferson's going to hold the safety over the top. They're probably going to play bracket coverage or double coverage on Jefferson, mm-hmm. which means Jordan's getting, Jordan Addison's going to have to win. He's going to yeah. have to win his routes, and he's going to be open for Kirk. 
and that's just going to be how it is. KJ Osborne is probably going to see a dip in targets from this. And what's what's going to become of Kirk next year? We'll find out. That is fair. That is fair. Uh, Kirk Cousins' question is real. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely evidence to why I, I probably should have Quentin Johnston there, but I, I don't know. Pass. Uh, but like I said, uh, this is where it gets spicy. So for number eight, for me, this is where I have Devon A. Chain. I just, I think he just went to the best landing spot possible for for his skill set. I know he's gonna have to still kind of contend with like the Mostert Wilson uh, handcuff RB duo phenom that like to run real really fast, and and he's also real real fast. So maybe there's like a gross little like three, you know, mm-hmm. committee, uh, three back committee there. But I don't know, man. The way they talk about him. They really seem to love him and want to use him as a weapon. I really think what separates him is his pass catching ability. Uh, we we saw it in college. Um, if he can, you know, house a couple with, while defenses have to still like deal with Tyreek Hill uh, on one side and and have to you know figure out what to do with uh, a Devon A chain screen on the other side. I think there's a chance that he could have some like home run play uh, this year. And I just, man, I guess I'm just really starving for that RB three. Because I thought there's going to be a clear cut like RB three, four, five that you could kind of get excited for in this class, and just not really shaken up to to be the case. So I think you know I I had concerns with Devon Chain before with like his size, but the landing spot I think just it pushes it up for me. Um, so I took him at eight here. This is where Eric had Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, pretty spicy. Um, Dalton Kincaid, according to Eric, is his top, 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 super duper favorite tight end that he believes the Bills are going to use as their version of Travis Kelsey um, and pepper him with targets and be the clear uh, target hog tight end guy there. Um, I'm not as convinced. Um, Kincaid's fine to me. He's not in my first round. If it's not like a two tight end league, personally, he's like top of the second. I'm fine with taking him there. If it's a two tight end, sure. I, I totally get the selection, but I don't know. Something about his tape, man. He he seems to kind of go down pretty easy, like first contact, which kind of scares me for like yak potential. And, you know, I know that uh, Knox is kind of just a guy, but he's the more ingrained tight end and rookie tight ends rarely hit like their first year or two. So uh, you know, I'm I'm not with the Dalton Kincaid, but this is where Eric Adam. Those are kind of his reasons for it. Uh, he just thinks the Bills are gonna make him the guy there. So, like I said, this is this is where we start getting spicy here. I'm I'm excited to hear uh, what you have for number nine. Yeah, so number nine for me is a Flowers. I mean, he was an absolute target hog at Boston College, and I have no clue who the wide receiver one is going to be. I mean, it's probably going to be Mark Andrews. Even though he's a tight end, he'll still find a way to be <laughs> the wide receiver one. He'll he'll just play wide receiver and tight end for that team. Uh, I think it's very clear Mark Andrews will probably have the most targets. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see what the new Ravens offense looks like. And knowing that Lamar is going to be there, I get it. He's not a very polished passer, but he is still a decent to good passer. Like people crap on Lamar all too much, in my opinion, as a passer. And I think he's got some some talent that is above average for what you want 
out of out of your quarterback. So you have Odell coming off of injury. You have Odell that's older. You look at what he's done recently. I mean, the past couple seasons, it's been next to nothing of note. You have Rashad Bateman, who has consistently been injured, has not been able to perform for you. So I get it. Zay is smaller in stature, smaller in size than you would typically want. Probably shouldn't be a one, but could they maybe draft a one next year to pair with him, move on from Bateman, move on from OBJ, and it doesn't work out? Like, these are all questions of things that could happen. But frankly, I'm just kind of excited to see the Baltimore offense and what it turns into. And I want a piece of it. And that piece for me is Zay Flowers in the wide receiver, I think, could develop into a target hog like he did for Boston College. Hey, man, I mean, look, uh, I've, I've said, it, you know, for, for months now, Zay Flowers was my wide receiver too pre-draft. Uh, I love that kid. I love his play. Um, so I'm right there with you with his ability. Um, I, I think that he still's got he still has got a shot. Uh, the reason why I haven't pushed down a little further than this is I'm just I'm I'm a little scared that they might make him like Devin Duvernay 2.0 and and kind of gadgety and like not really like a, a wide receiver that that you could be fantasy happy with. You know, the the volume will be a little low. I, I kind of agree with you where Lamar, I think, is underrated as a passer. When you look back at like like when when they had Hollywood Brown. Uh, it really did feel like, in my opinion, this is just kind of from watching games. It felt like a lot of the passes, like, you know, down the field to Hollywood was Hollywood would have it in his hands and drop it rather than like Lamar would miss him more often than not. That's what I saw. At least I, I could be off base there, but that is that is my recollection of things. And so if Zay Flowers can have stronger hands and make that connection work better then. Yeah, I, I totally get it. I just think, you know, the the Ravens offense could be a lot more pass friendly this year. I'm just not betting on it personally. Um, so I haven't pushed down a little bit further. Uh, this is actually where I have Quentin Johnston. As much as I don't like him, I just I can't let him go behind me at, at 109. I think that you got to take the uh, the first round draft capital tied to Justin Herbert here. Buckle your seatbelt. Eric's pick here at the 109 is Hendon Hooker. <laughs> Over Anthony Richardson. <laughs> Why do we allow him to continue to come on the show? I mean, comedy? <laughs> is that a fair reason? I don't okay. <laughs> Yeah, we... Uh... Worth worth at least listening to like the last I think we get to it in like the last 20 minutes of the episode that we recorded last week where he does this and I just kind of um I kind of lose my mind for <laughs> about 10 minutes there while I tell him over and over again that he's drafting uh you know a fourth round guy behind a QB1 over the 104 selection <laughs> over draft like round one draft capital wide receivers. I just, um, he's convinced, man. He's convinced that he's the third best QB in the class. He said he's happy to take him here. I said, well, wouldn't he just like trade back and get him later? Because I'm getting Hinden Hooker at like the 208. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I mean, I wish I could. I I might release this one on a video on our YouTube now because it's just really funny watching your your face just <laughs> utter despair, <laughs> utter bewilderment. Yeah, I, I I can't with Eric right now. It's one of the worst <laughs> takes I've heard from him. Well, I would love. Uh, Maybe we can get in a group chat tomorrow or whatever after he's done doing whatever he's doing where he can't be bothered to, to show up tonight, even though he said he would. And uh, we could blast him for this awful, awful take. Yeah, he deserves it. Okay, uh, well, moving moving along here. Um, get, go ahead and give me your, your 10th selection here, the 110. I was going to say, I'm just going to run through 10, 11, and 12 because, Go for it. Yeah. frankly, I, I can see them in any order. Yeah. I, I was banking off of the two point per reception since that is relatively standard, in my opinion, in the leagues that, that we play in. Uh, I was not banking on two tight ends, so I was banking on a single tight end. So I have Dalton Kincaid. I, I, I sort of agree with Eric, but... You also look at the fact that Dawson Knox hasn't gotten the target share that we expect out of a tight end. So what I really want to see out of Dalton Kincaid is him be used as a big slot. If they use him as a big slot, if you look at the wide receivers that have played slot for Josh Allen over the last three years, I mean, Dalton Kincaid could have 100-plus targets if he does that role. If he's an inline tight end, I do not see him getting to 100 targets. I see him more as an 80 target guy, which is not exciting for me and would make this pick fall flat on its face. So on the surface, Dalton Kincaid at number 10, and then followed that up by Devon A-Chain, who you said it, Corey. I mean, absolutely loved the landing spot. He's got speed to burn. Do I think he's a better best ball asset than a lineup asset? Yes, he definitely is. But that Dolphins offense should score a bunch of points. They're going to have two a back. They're going to be playing on speed, 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 speed. Like that is the motto of that offense. And then at 12, I have Zach Charbonnet. He came in as my RB3 coming into the draft. So I'm trying not to push him down too much because of that. I thought he was incredible at UCLA. Like he could catch the ball, he could run between the tackles, he could run outside the tackles. I just loved what I saw out of Charbonnet. And I think it's really unfortunate to be behind Ken Walker, who we saw have a fantastic rookie season. So that is an issue, in my opinion. But you also play the flip side of it and you look at how's the NFL going these days? I mean, they're going to committee backfields. So Charbonnet, as a rookie, could be looking at that 10 carry, 12 touches a game type workload. And if he can average five yards a carry, fall in for a touchdown, get two receptions, one reception, two receptions a game, like you're looking at a usable player. Oh, he's yeah. a running back. And if anything happens to Kenneth Walker, then, you know. Sky's, sky's the limit, in my opinion, at that point. You're definitely getting the guy, at least in my opinion, that's going to be the like the pass catching back. Like Ken Walker can catch passes, but it's just it's not what he generally does. He's he's not that type of running back. It's not where he makes his damage. He did well despite that, 
last year, but I think this is where Zach Charbonnet comes Zach Charbonnet comes in and he's that guy that can be the uh the pass catching back and and get you fantasy points, um, which is which is what we want. Uh so so I get it. He he's not in my first round, but he's you know soon thereafter. I still really like him. He was my RB3. Um I even thought like depending on draft capital and, and landing spot, I thought like between him and Gibbs, I saw an argument for like maybe he could be RB2, but obviously that's not the case as of now. Um, just to go quickly, one, two, three with me and Eric's 10, 11, and 12. Uh, 10, I had Will Levis because I still do think that he could be a good quarterback. Um, I know he falls out of the first round. I think it's a lot of like character stuff, which fair, like that could be worrying. I, I totally get that. A lot of teams passed on him, but he goes right at the top of the first round or right at the top of the second round to the Titans, who I've been saying it for, I think, two months now uh, that Will Levis is just the younger buffer Ryan Tannehill and they get (laughs) younger buffer Ryan Tannehill to play behind Ryan Tannehill. So I think that that could still be good long term for him. Um, Then I have 11 Zay Flowers because, again, still love Zay Flowers, still first round draft capital. Still could be good on the Ravens. We don't know uh, what that offense is going to look like. Uh, 12, I actually have Jonathan Mingo, which I know is kind of like a maybe a little bit of a reach pick. But I just really like the idea of pair rookie with rookie, get him with Bryce Young, build that chemistry right at the gate. Like he's going to have a better shot than any of like he's going to have as good of a shot as any of the wide receivers to build that chemistry with Bryce Young and has the measurables to possibly be their alpha dog receiver. Like, I don't think he has a ton of competition there uh, going against him to be that number one guy. So that that is my lineup there. Uh, 10 is where Eric finally bent to Anthony Richardson. He got him at 110, which is (laughs) right behind him and Hooker. So that is... (laughs) Uh, we actually agreed on Zay Flowers uh, at 111, me and him. And then he actually uh, had A-Chain at 112. So, you know, that's uh, a reasonable selection. But his, uh, man, <laughs> a lot of entertainment value with that uh, 9-10 pick on the podcast that uh, I've been getting a lot of kudos for on the uh, in the RPG universe with all of our leagues going... Hey, that uh Hen and Hooker pick though, that is <laughs> that is ghost pepper Carolina Reaper spicy. Uh yeah, I mean it's kind of like drinking toilet water spicy, in my opinion, as it's it's straight poison, but um that's my opinion, I guess. Uh but okay. So great. I mean that that's our top 12 guys. Um, do you have do you have anything you want to tack on? Do you have a like a secret 113 you want to add in? No, but I would very much like to point out the fact that we are in multiple drafts with Eric. And um, yeah, Hendon Hooker was not his first round pick in any draft that I'm in with him. That's a good point. That is a really good point. Yeah. Has he had that like 108, 109? Also, I'm sure he has. He was 112 in Dwarves. He wasn't banging the table for him when we had uh, 108 in uh, just bros being dudes. He was not. Hmm. Interesting. Eric, explain yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think, uh, I don't know. He might have been dealing with a little bit of uh, uh, tilt 
as maybe he hasn't put a whole lot of uh, time into it because I know he's been pretty, pretty busy. So maybe he was just kind of like going for a spicy take there, but Oh Lord, it's spicy. We'll see how that works out. Oh, uh, following that up though, I will uh, tell you that we did make a water bet, not hen and hooker related. I should add, because he wasn't confident enough to make a water bet with me about him hooker being better than Anthony Richardson. So there's that, but he did make a water bet with me that he thinks that out of all the rookie wide receivers, not named Jackson Smith, Nijigba, he thinks that Quentin Johnston will have the best rookie season for a wide receiver. So basically I have the field. I have every wide receiver, not named JSN and he is Quentin Johnston. That is a water bet that we made. I felt pretty good about that. So that's that's a lot of wide receivers. It's a lot of wide receivers, right? Like I'm just thinking all the guys that came out in like second, third, fourth round that ended up being like the best in their class. I mean, it could happen, man. I'm I'm not a I'm not a, a super hundred percent like gung ho surefire better, but that seems like a smart bet to me. So I'll, I'll take it. So um, not to put Eric on blast any more than we already have. But to put Eric on blast since he's not here. I love it. Give it to me. Did you go to the RPG or the uh, RPG Rogues League? No. What's going on? Okay. Well, Eric had the 107, did not take Hendon Hooker. Had the 111, did not take Hendon Hooker. And had the 112 and did not take Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. And instead, maybe I just missed them in Eric's rankings. But instead, at 111 and 112, he decided to take Charbonnet and Levis. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So Interesting. I, I could I could say, like, if he didn't take a QB there, oh, maybe he didn't need Hendon Hook. Maybe he didn't need the QB, but took Will Levis, huh? Took, yep. uh, took Will Levis. Not on his uh, top 12 rankings, but uh, took Will Levis there. Huh, Eric? Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll... We'll uh, verbally flog him for that later. Uh, for now, um, to to sort of wrap up the episode, do uh, you want to talk some trades? Yeah, I mean, let's let's go over some trades that have uh, gone down. Yeah, man. I I mean, I I did not I did not specifically pick out my trades. I just went to the leagues that I'm in for the RPG leagues, and I just started trying to find the trades. And it just so happened that I happen to be the one with most of the recent trades. You you have been dealing lately. You you've been uh, sending them out for sure. I mean, now's the time. It's a good trading season. Um, I also went through all the RPG leagues and just kind of gathered uh, what I could over the last couple days of interesting ones. You know, there's the uh, Kyle Trask for a third round pick, but I didn't include that because I don't think we really <laughs> have much to discuss there uh but you know i i did have one uh i think i had one that was uh mine that we could start with if you'd like um it was it's not an rpg league it's rpg adjacent it's the gods of football league it's a 10 teamer um that i'm in with like donnie and and eric and uh i think uh frank dad bod god is in there but i'm i'm a win now team i have christian mccaffrey and i have uh you know, Nick Chubb and, and a bunch of other win now pieces. Um, my two QBs are Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. So I'm I'm doing pretty good there in a super flex. Uh, but I decided it's it's my time. I, I want to win this year. And so I sent a good amount away. Um, I sent away uh, Rondell Moore 
Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, uh, my 2024 first and second. And just as a throw in, I sent Brevin Jordan, who I think is dust now because Dalton Schultz. Uh, but in return, I got Travis Kelsey, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, and a little third round pick for, for next year. So I, I short up my wide receivers uh, with with Mike Evans and Amari Cooper, who I still think are going to be at least wide receiver two in value. And then I got, you know, my number one tight end with Travis Kelsey, which I did desperately need a tight end to compete in that league. So uh, I went out there and I, I tried to get some league winners. But but what do you think about what I gave up? Because with Burks and the first, those were probably the the two things that I didn't feel great about giving up. But with the return, I, I felt like it was it was worth the the pay. But but what do you think? And I'm assuming it's your first. So with you pushing the chips in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with you pushing the chips in, you're fully expecting to make playoffs. So I'm looking at that as probably a 1-8 to 1-12 range uh, type of pick. And then Burks, you know, I, I've been warming up to Burks. I do still have questions, much like everybody, what's happening at Tennessee for quarterback. And will there be continuity? Will there be a shift? What's going to happen with that? And how is it going to impact Burks? So I do have significant concern over that. So with that being said, if you're a win now team and it sounds like you were last season, so why would you not be again this coming season? Then sure. I mean, 10 team leagues, you know, I want the studs. I want those guys that are going to score me the most amount of points. So, I mean, even if you could take, Evans and Cooper and parlay that into like a Devontae Adams or something like that, or somebody that's going to be like that legit wide receiver one in a 10 teamer. I would like all of that, but I still like your side because you got Kelsey for the most part. Cool. Yeah. I I like that advice too. I might, I might look into doing something like that. Um, Okay, cool. Well, uh, do you have one you want to fire off? Yeah, so Corey and I talked about this one, and this was actually between Eric and I um, in the do, 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 the RPG Dwarves League. Um, thanks to Frank for, for setting that up. Um, just for reference, my team in that league doesn't really have running backs. So it's one of those that there's only one start at running back, and it's best ball. So I'm just kind of taking a bunch of dart throws at running back and kind of seeing what ends up sticking at the position. I like that commitment in the uh, rookie draft, how you, you got like eight in a row, just like machine gun style. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're going through that, going through the draft right now. And it's just like running back after running back after running back. I'm just taking in in the rookie draft because I'm just like, well, look, like, let me just take a shotgun to the position. I only need to have one that hits every week. And on top of it, I have Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, and J.K. Dobbins. Like, I, I feel like one of those three guys will give me something where I can allow those other rookie running backs to develop. But the trade was the 106. I gave up the 106 in Bateman to go get DK, which if you ask, keep trade cut. If you ask Sleeper and their ADP, it doesn't make any sense because JSN is – drafted higher in ADP right now than DK and KGC has him higher has JSN higher than DK. So I'm giving we up doing? an additional piece to be able to go get a lesser value player. So questionable from those 
lenses, but I think DK is the wide receiver one. I think Corey agrees as the Hawk fan that he is very clearly the wide receiver one on that team. And I just, I, I feel like I have a team of a bunch of wide receiver ones on their team because I have Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, or John Dotson, whichever one is the real wide receiver one there. And then you have DK Metcalf. Like, in my opinion, I just listed, listed off one, two, three, four legit wide receiver ones on their team. And then pick your pick your choice of McLaurin and Dotson. I mean, that, that could be five wide receiver ones on their teams. I mean, yeah, dude, we, we talked about it already uh, off air, but there's only one person in the steel that got the bona fide, like, star stud wide receiver. And that's you. Like, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, like, I... Look, I'm a Hawks fan. I love that we have him. I love the the player, but like there's a chance that he still busts or like just takes a couple years to ramp up. You got the one guy with proven production, proven ability to be a, a top wide receiver, and he's still only 25 years old. So he he's got a lot more juice left in it. I yeah, I mean, I think you took Bateman who like who knows like that's a huge question mark and then you took a good young prospect but also a like a smaller question mark with jsn and you turn that you turn that into a stud so like i yeah i i think that you clearly won that i i love that deal for you especially with like what you're doing with your team and just amassing all of these wide receiver ones yeah, i i think that's a great deal appreciate it Corey. Do you want to go into, because because I think one of the biggest deals that went down in the RPG community over, you know, the past week and a half was probably the Hertz deal. I was literally about to be like, hey, well, let's go into one more that you did because I, yeah, I want to talk about this. It was RPG Rogues, uh, I believe, where you got, you got Waddle, Mac Jones, and a first for next year, uh, Dad Bod God, Frank's first, and you gave up Jalen Hurts. And yeah, man, please like talk, talk me through it here. Cause I, I think it's really interesting for sure, but I want to know what your thoughts on it were. Yeah. So the, the way that I was looking at this was, okay. I have three of the top six quarterbacks in the NFL right now in fantasy formats in Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. It's not a best ball league, so I have to start two of them, and I can only start two of them. So I was pretty desperate, in my opinion, at wide receiver to get a bona fide stud at wide receiver. So I started looking, and I originally was trying to get Jamar Chase, and I talked to Frank, and he agreed that he would not have given up Jamar Chase as the swap for Waddle. So I ended up settling for Waddle. I got a QB3. So I feel comfortable, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe it ends up being wrong. I know Eric hates Mac Jones, but I feel comfortable with Mac Jones being a step-in by week starter to be able to get me three weeks. So I feel comfortable with that as a QB3. I got another first-round pick in a draft that I think next year is going to have back-end first running backs, in my opinion. Um, so I think that's where more of the running backs are going to end up going because I think they're going to get pushed down by the top two, potentially three if Quinn ends up making it, mm-hmm. QBs, and then Marv. So Marv is going to be there. 
Will Emeka Ibuka pass up the running backs as well? Brock Bowers is going to be there. So I start looking at that and I start thinking, okay, we're going to have another run of wide receivers and running. And then that's going to be pushed up along with Brock Bowers and then the quarterbacks. So I start looking at that and I start thinking one, two, three, four, five. So potentially you could be getting running backs at six. All right. So I think that there are, in my opinion, three running backs that I feel comfortable with right now. So six, seven, eight, even if they go back to back to back, like I'm looking at this thinking, okay, you know, Frank's pick is probably going to be a playoff first, but it gives me my fourth first, which when you have four first, it gives you flexibility in my opinion, come the draft. So I have four firsts and four seconds. So I have the ability to move around and I have the draft capital to stay fluid, to stay to stay uh, in a position where if I really want to go get a Caleb or a Drake May, which in my opinion doesn't make sense with the team build because they already have two stud right. quarterbacks. Yeah. So I don't need to get up to the 102, 103, but if now, or sorry, 101, 102, but now if I want to get up to the 103 and take Marvin Harrison Jr. and get that second bonafide stud at wide receiver, I have the draft capital to be able to go make that and be able to do that to pair him with Jalen Waddle. I already have Kyle Pitts, so I feel like I don't need to worry about quarterback or tight end. So I'm just going to chuck that off my board now. So now I have eight draft picks in the first two rounds to be able to go fill out wide receiver and running back, which my wide receiver room, as you saw, is already fine. Like we're talking Jalen Waddle, Mike Williams, uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, Brandon Ayuk is is the guys of note. Yeah, when you when you break it all down like that, totally makes sense. I I love the uh, like analysis of you having these top top uh qbs and not being able to start all three of them every week like you're totally right you really just needed that like bi-week fill-in guy that mac jones could could definitely be and going through your wide receivers yeah they're you know they're decent but i i agree you kind of needed that like waddle-esque player to kind of round out that that wide receiver group uh he's still obviously very young and can be a staple on your team um so yeah, man, I I actually like it, especially with all the first that you have. Um, that deal makes makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I'm sure like giving up hurts. I mean, was it even hard? Like you you must have a ton of hurts. I have to imagine you have a lot of hurts on your teams. Yeah, I mean, I have a good amount of hurts, but it's the same thing with Josh Allen. Like Eric knows, I was telling him touting Josh Allen the year before Josh Allen came out in the draft. Like I was already talking about him and the physical specimen that he could be. So I had a bunch of Josh Allen and then I moved off of Josh Allen because he was valued so highly. It's like, I, I see the value in moving back off of those guys that are just ascending that are up at the top that where are they going to go? I mean, Hertz in my opinion is pretty well cemented into QB three. Maybe you make the argument for QB two over Josh Allen. I questionable in my opinion, but I don't see him overtaking Mahomes. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Mahomes is the golden boy of the NFL. So what value does he have to go up? Like what upward mobility does he have? And that's what I'm looking for. I'm either looking for fluidity 
in draft picks where I can move things around and position myself to be able to get the guys that I'm going to need next year to be able to fill out this team. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, I think overall, I, I see the deal as being pretty fair, but with what you have, uh, how your team is constructed and, and also your capital for next year, I like the deal for your side. Um, I'm not entirely, I, I think, uh, Frank's team is, is pretty young. So that's probably a good, uh, staple QB for him to add as well. So I kind of like it for both sides, but, um, I definitely see your reasoning behind it. It totally makes sense to me. I'm also, I'm dealing with the, uh, kind of a similar thing where I have a ton of Jalen hurts because, uh, my bold take during his rookie season was I thought he was going to be a top six QB because of his rushing upside. And I think he narrowly, I think he came very, very close to that. Or maybe I had him, I think my bold take was a top five and he was like number six or something like that. Um, so I'm kind of dealing with a similar thing where I have a lot of hurts because I I had him very highly touted as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, that also is kind of good advice for, for my side of things. I might look into doing something something similar, not with the teams where I have hurts and AJ Brown because I just think that's a league winning stack potentially, but uh, it's good. Yeah, no, I think that's a good trade. Um, kind of segueing off of that into another, uh, Frank trade, uh, that I want to get your take on Frank and Donnie. So this is a, this is a Donnie trade, um, whether or not he was drunk for it. I mean, it happened, it happened, I think quite late at night. So I think the odds are good. Um, but, uh, I don't know, man. I, uh, I don't know. I think that. I like Frank's side, but let me let me play it out here for you. So uh, Frank received Darren Waller, uh, Darnell Mooney, the 103, the 303, and the 403. Do we know who the 103 became? Uh, that is Anthony Richardson. It was 103. So already, I think I know where you are. You are headed here, uh, but the the other side. Um, so. Waller, Mooney, Anthony Richardson, uh, and the 303 and the 403 for Chris Godwin, TJ Hawkinson, and Robert Woods. One more time. <laughs> now that I'm saying it, <laughs> I don't really want to repeat it. Uh, Donnie got TJ Hawkinson, Chris Godwin, and Robert Woods. <laughs> yeah, Donnie, Donnie got bent over a barrel. Yeah, that's kind of rough, huh? Uh, it's, it's no lube. That is that is a tough time for Donnie. All right, let me let me do a redo. I'll do a different one. That's a little more interesting. Uh, so this one was in uh, this one was in I think Donnie's Empire League that he started. So again, kind of RPG adjacent, but uh, interesting uh acquisition of Austin Eckler by our good buddy uh, Buster Jacoby, uh, who's been on the pod before. So he receives Austin Eckler and gives away uh, a 24 first, which should be middle late, uh, the 207, Brian Robinson and Trey McBride in a TE premium league. Uh, Austin Eckler, I mean, 27, 28 years old, requesting a trade. Whether or not that happens, I don't know, but maybe makes us a little more even. But what, what do you think? I don't know. It's pretty hard not being able to see it right right in front of me. What would here's a good question though. Like 
what would you expect in a return for Austin Eckler? If you're selling him, what would you want back? Because I think that's kind of a tough question to answer. I mean, what would I want is I would want a 24 first and second. Okay. Uh, all right. So, I mean, uh, Jeremy Glav got that as well as a couple of throw-ins with Brian Robinson and Trey McBride. Yeah. Pretty okay. decent. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. Okay. The, the, the issue is the age on Eckler. Yeah. And, and and how much longer he holds up. Like, he hasn't been a player that's been between the tackles his entire career. He's set career high in, in carries the last two seasons. And touchdowns. Like, he, he's had he's had a lot of usage. He scores a ton of touchdowns. He's still a high production back. I mean, we've talked about this multiple times. There's a lot of high production backs that are still just hanging around the NFL. You know, you look at the Cooks, you look at the Kamaras, you look at the Mixons, you look at the Henrys, you look at the Ecklers. Like, they're on the back three of their career. And you can see the cliff, the end of the tunnel for them. But they're still producing you solid RB1 into mid-RB2 seasons. And you're able to get them relatively cheap right now. So, I mean, if you're a win-now playoff push, you know, you think you really got a shot, for a championship i mean if you want to push in that 24 first to go get Eckler and use that as a starting offer i mean it's a reasonable starting offer i think a lot of teams that are working on rebuilding would look at that and say okay like let's have a conversation cool yeah no i i definitely feel it um might be some some argument there to move off of Eckler before it's too late, given his age. Um, okay, cool. Do, do you have another one you want to throw out? I think I have one more after this, if you have one more. I was going to say, it's just the Twin Blades, you know, the 24 second and 24 fifth for Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah we can I, talk about that. We, we, made, we made that deal. Yeah. So... I, I, I like it, man. I, I think I needed that um, like third, fourth-ish QB. Jimmy Garoppolo is basically my my second QB and my, you know, okay, so I have Josh Allen, obviously the stable guy. I have Geno Smith, who did great. Do I think he'll continue to do great? I hope so. I'm not really sure. And then I have, J- and then I have Jimmy G. And he's a kind of a big question mark for me. So I just, I wanted that flexibility just in case. Like I'm a contending team. I got some some older pieces. I have Eckler there, um, um, among other kind of older older guys. So I kind of wanted to make my move. I have George Kittle, Kittle, uh, that kind of guy. So um, yeah, I just I just wanted another QB on my team that could be stable in that type of league. In that type of league, you really just want like a a QB that is going to put up a a, a floor uh, past your QB one. So I, I figured. Between Geno Smith and Jimmy G and now Derek Carr, I feel like I have a guy every week that can be that like second QB slot that I can be content throwing out there. And when I think about my team as a contender, you know, a couple seconds for the next two years, I think will be generally pretty late. And I thought that that was a, a reasonable enough deal. So I, I, I like that deal. Um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to be very reasonable when I posted you know, the, the two seconds for Carr. I mean, I, I think he is in a New Orleans offense that has some weapons. 
he could put up yards. You know, they could be behind in a lot of games. Um, so they could have to score points, which is going to cause him to throw more. So I think that's very possible. But I look at my draft and C.J. Stroud fell to me at 105. So C.J. Stroud falling to 105 gave me another quarterback. You know, I tried to move off the pick to a couple people and nobody was really biting for what I wanted for him. So I take C.J. Stroud. I have Kenny Pickett. I already have Lamar and Mahomes. Like, how many quarterbacks do I need just kind of sitting around on my team? Like, he's doing me no good sitting on my bench. So it goes back to what I said before, you know, stay flexible, get the additional picks, allow me to move around. And I like the fact that this is a return league. So I was thinking about that when I wanted to go get those seconds because it gives me the ability if there is somebody that is a high leverage returner that I really want to get, it gives me that ability to go get him with that second. Cause I, I mean, you play in that league, like you yeah. see the people that we're drafting with, like, I don't think anybody's going to look at a, a receiver and be like, this is a return stud. Yeah. Unless you're uh, I think it's peeps very much values the return studs like Deandre Carter asking, was he asking for a first? first? Who first? What? <laughs> and and look, you know, I I can I can see why they are doing that. The total points on the year that yeah. Carter scored, yeah, is astronomical. Yeah, yeah. But it's the two hundred point week or the hundred and forty, yeah. hundred and fifty point week, and then the ten point week, five point yeah. week, which for this league is incredibly low. It's you so know, volatile. Most, yeah, yeah, it's the volatility of that and the fact that Carter is getting older. Yeah. You look at it, and and I think Carter switched teams, if I remember correctly, this offseason. So. so you just pair all of that together, and it's just like, man, <laughs> it just doesn't... It's a good gambit I... if you're just looking at the uh, overall points, I guess, but... Sure, and, and, I, even, and I even said, I'll give, I'll give up a straight first. I'll give up my 24 first for Carter. Yeah. And, and I got rejected. That's so, so fa- that's so, that's very, very generous in my opinion. But yeah, I feel I, it. I thought it was reasonable. Yeah. I thought it was a very reasonable offer. I mean, I, I think, I think we can all tell exactly what I've been doing in that league. It's put in, put in four guys at two at wide receiver and two at flex that are all kick returners and just hope that two of them pop. Two yep. of them are duds, two of them pop. And that way it just kind of balances out. Yeah, I mean, that's a totally reasonable way to uh, play that type of league for sure. Um, I Honestly, for that deal that we made, though, what really pushed it over the edge is I have Chris Olave and I'm a sucker for stacks. So <laughs> you give me the stack every day. I'm, you're, <laughs> you're already like on a good footing with me if you're trying to like get me that stack. So uh, that that's what really pushed it over the edge for me. But uh, no, I, I liked it. Um, there's only one more I wanted to go into just to get your opinion, because I think it's one that you might have like heard about happening, but it, it happened in RPG Warlocks. Um, Mike go guy, go from the poor man's podcast sold Cooper cup. And I want to tell you what he got for it in case you weren't aware. Uh, he got Jameson Williams and a triplet of seconds. 
he got the 206, the 208, and a 24 second. So JMO, three seconds for Cooper Cup. This one I kind of went back and forth with. To me personally, and th- I told him this, like when he was asking for advice about it in the poor man's league, I told him like, to be honest, man, if you're looking to sell Cooper Cup, I think you sell him after he has that like couple of 20 plus point games in the middle of the season and you get like a couple first for him, maybe even like that. That's kind of what I thought. That was like my advice. Um, Obviously, he, he went in a dr- different direction and I still think, you know, it's not terrible, but I just I look at what he could have possibly gotten. I just go, uh, I wonder if he kind of undersold there. But what do you think? I think it's super hard to trade Cooper Cup right now. And I think it's also super hard to trade JMO right now. So it's two very interesting, very differing pieces. And the community views them very differently as well. You know, a lot of people see Cooper Cup as the 29, soon to be 30 year old wide receiver that's coming back from a relatively major injury. They see JMO as the wide receiver that couldn't stay off the betting apps, like, and got himself suspended. Questioning his intelligence, which sucks for any player to have their intelligence questioned like that. Um, so I think it's an interesting trade. I tend to agree with you, Corey, that I would have tried to find that desperate, desperate team that needed Cooper Cup because yeah, look, there's not many people to throw to on that Rams offense. They're going to be behind or in shootouts. Their defense is probably going to be atrocious. So there's going to be a lot of points scored. Cooper Cup is probably going to be out there receiving a bunch of passes like he was last year before he got injured. I mean, we're talking a 12 plus target guy. Yeah. Which you hardly see double digit, consistent double digit targets for players in the NFL these days. And Cooper Cup's one of those few guys that gets those double digit target weeks, week in and week out. Yeah. Uh, just to paint the whole picture, I can tell you what he got with those two seconds. Also, he got Jonathan Mingo and Rashi Rice. So he gets Jonathan Mingo, Rashi Rice, J-Mo, and a second next year. Um, so kind of those like later, you know, wide receiver prospects for sure. Um, maybe have decent upside. Rashi Rice, someone that I'm like kind of just because Chiefs wide receivers, it's hard to trust him week to week. But I agree with you. I mean, again, both guys that are hard to trade um, wanted to get something for him. He's not a contender. So he's obviously he's he's kicking the can down uh, the road a little bit there to me. Look, like I've kind of gone back and forth, too, on Cooper Cup personally. But at a certain point, man, I do trust his ability to. I mean, dude was the number one fantasy asset for one year. Like he was the clear 12, 13, 14 targets a game like unbelievable and so you know some people see old and crusty and and a busted ankle and to me i see potential league winner
it's crazy to me with Cup, like how much he's just been devalued. Like, Dude, you're, I get you're telling me. It, it, it was a tough injury, especially when he had it, you know, middle of the year. But are you really telling me that he's wide receiver 16? Yeah, I'm right looking now? right now. Um, Eric and I in the uh, in the perfect dynasty league, we got him at the five eight. <laughs> like, it, if you tell me that I can trade out of the first round completely, pick up a third and fourth round startup, maybe it happens. Maybe you have to chip in like a tenth rounder. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. A third, fourth, so you can have two thirds and two fourths. If I can come out of that third and fourth rounds with Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Yeah. Like, I, I am weeping. Skipping. Weeping. Weeping. Yeah, yeah dude. I'm, take, I'm taking a quarterback with the second round pick. I'm trading my 24 first to go get an old, crusty quarterback. And, I, and I'm pushing all the chips in to win. Eric and I did kind of a similar thing in that league uh we we traded later picks uh to so our full team in that league is kind of wild uh i'll skip over everything else except for just the core of our running backs and wide receivers our two running backs are saquon barkley and travis Etienne, and then our three top wide receivers are t higgins cooper cup and Devonte adams like pff, dirty yeah that's that's filthy but yeah, man. If you if you t- if you tell me Derrick Henry, you can get his RB nineteen. Miles Sanders is RB twenty one. Aaron Jones is RB twenty five. Dalvin Cook is RB twenty seven. Joe nuts. Mixon is RB twenty eight. That's crazy. Didn't we like, see Joe Mixon get traded like straight up for like the two hundred four in yeah. uh, some league? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, Alvin Kamara is RB thirty four. Oh boy. Like, All right, bro. I, I am I am tempted to join like a hundred dollar league and literally just go buy all of those old, crusty, super production guys that are going to get me two seasons. Yeah, and just be like, hey, I'm trading all my future capital. I will pay my dues gladly, and I'm going to win this league, or at least try to win this league for two straight years, Dude. and then I'm going to dip. And you then can I'm gonna reasonably dip, do and that. And I'm just gonna be like deuces. You could have a team with like Eckler, Mixon, Kamara, Jones, yeah. Cook. Like you could have yeah. all of those guys and like literally do that. With Cup, Adams, Diggs. Yeah. Oh my god. Can you imagine having that team like three years ago? Right. Oh my god. That's wild, man. That is absolutely and absurd. It's, like, it's crazy to think that. And then it's just like, okay, what do you do at tight end? Who knows? You know, maybe Evan Ingram, like Dalton Schultz. Like Dalton Schultz is tight end 17. Yeah. Like Houston, CJ has to throw to somebody. At, the, at a certain point, man, if you're not getting the, the top three, four tight ends, you might as well get the tight end 20. Like it really yeah. doesn't make a huge difference. And then give me QB 22, Kirk Cousins. QB okay. 24, Derek Carr. Yeah. QB 26, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, stability, dude. Easy. Like, hey, give me those three guys in the 6th, 7th, and 8th. Well, maybe not 6th, 7th, and 8th, but 5th, 6th, 7th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, pfft. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is that's good theory for sure. Let me know if you do that. Okay, dude. Even give me give me give me Stafford QB thirty three. Oh yeah, Stafford is dead to some people. This is QB thirty three is what you just said. Dead thirty three. So not even a start. Like what? Hendon Hooker, Hooker is valued above him. What are we doing? Sam Howell is valued above him. <laughs> what? So How? that's what I'm saying. Like, look, Stafford oh isn't going to give you QB1 numbers anymore, but he can fill in for a week. He yeah. can be your QB3 on your team. That is wild. If you're, tr- if you're trying to win this year, and next year, like why? Why would you not? 